Mike, turn your games down. Hi, we're going to another TMT comic episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Upperton. Oh, shaking hands with the enemy with me tonight. Technodrome engineer Red Fox. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> we bring you another, as I said, opening another TMT episode. We're covering the new New Mutant Order story arc, which is issues 37 through 40. Of the main series, finally again, we're not in a we're not in a side thing like we keep jumping around with because this this series keeps doing that to us. <laughs> so this one, this is a weird one, like with a timeline order because the first issue takes place before the Turtles in Time, which we've already published at this point, and then the second issue, which is a three part, the main the main part of this arc with the Turtles takes place after Turtles in Time, but Turtles in Time is never referenced. So I guess it fits, but yeah, you know, somewhere in that timeline. Ultimately, it doesn't matter, but yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's around that time. No, but when I saw this first, the first cover of the first issue got of issue 37, that's what got me excited, because I actually had read this comic four times. I read it once <laughs> right when we got there, because I couldn't help myself, because <laughs> the cover got me, and then I read it three more times as we were tra- preparing for that plug we kept pushing had to push it back a few times so i kept rereading there i mean it's a, it, it's an exciting cover i mean you got prang and shredder here kind of a throwback to the the cartoon whereas they're going to work together and, and people are kind of expecting it like oh man here we go with this unholy alliance or dark alliance like mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> and then that constant reminder in the background of the technodrome under construction i really like it it's such Great a cool cover, cover. And this was this is my favorite issue, I think, of the arc. Like this, this arc wasn't my favorite. I'm just gonna put that out there. Yeah, it, it, to me, it, I guess, to, in a way, to someone other, it's a little less eventful than I would have expected. Yeah, I mean, it'll introduce a new character, introduce multiple new characters, and it sets up because again, they're getting ready for a big arc. They're getting ready for Attack on Technodrome, which we didn't know at the time, but you know, this is years ago, so. Attack Technodrome is coming up, and the arc after that is Vengeance, would lead to issue 50. Like, there's yeah, they got big... Some big shit coming, so this yeah, is the so... Last real lull you have besides some side stuff. So I, I think that plays a big part in it, too, for the anticipation for me, because I'm purposely not reading ahead of wherever, we, wherever we're at. Once we choose, like, okay, we're reading this next, I only read that until we finish it. Once you're recorded, then I can read the next. Good. So that's I also been part of it. Anything for yourself. So. <laughs> no, I, I can't. I have to stay, because I don't want to be like, oh man, I can't. Like, yeah, I don't want to do that. But this first issue uh, starts off with you have them in the Atlantic Ocean, and you have Shredder meeting Krang on the ship. And I, I just really love this because he's like Oraku Saki. Shredder's like, ah, so you remember me, Iron Demon? <laughs> you gotta think this is this is how many years later? This is what like three hundred. He's Krang says. Oh, does he say it? Yeah, that's he says some time. more than others. Even when three hundred years separates us. From our last meeting, a, t- a term I use loosely, by the way. <laughs> right, that's a long time to remember a, a person's name. Like, Shredder had that much of an impact on him that he well, remembered him all this time? I mean, he did shoot him with flaming arrows. Yeah, but you gotta think. Like, Krang has been around since quite possibly, the, the like, how many years? Like, I'm, I'm pretty not- sure... Prehistoric. Maybe not since, may, I don't know about prehistoric, because they didn't show exactly Krang being there back oh, then. Oh, they his father. They, they showed Quainan? Well, they mentioned Quainan. They didn't mention, yeah, they mentioned Quainan. Oh, Quainan. okay, yeah. Oh, wow. So that means, yeah, Krang is that old. Yeah, so I mean, that's why I think it's, I'm assuming Krang's got to be around there, too. So Krang is, is technically millions of years old. Yeah, they don't die unless you murder. I mean, again, it makes sense that this little creature has a very long lifespan because I got to do a step on it. 
And so, and it can, it, are they trying to explain that it retains everything because it's just a fucking brain with a mouth? Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> they don't say that, but you bring up a good point. <laughs> I mean, it's the only thing that makes sense to me. <laughs> I mean, I guess if all you were was a brain and this brain is like, you know, three feet by three feet, I guess you would remember everything. Yeah, you don't have to really, like, have any, like, processes to maintain any t- sort of body. You're just a brain with some tentacles. I mean, look at this, for example. A woman can remember all the du- all the dumb things you've done for years and years and years, and that brain isn't as big as this brain. Okay. Are you trying to say that there's Utrams controlling women? <laughs> no, I'm trying to say that women forgive, they don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. I don't know, that's what I thought when you said that. Where you're like, he remembers everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I do find it funny, like, the way that Shredder approaches him and talks to him. And he's like, yeah, you know, we'll offer you protection. <laughs> And Crane's like, I really don't want to talk to you. <laughs> like, you tried to murder me last time we met. Like, <laughs> I do like how he just starts laughing when he tells him, yeah, I'll, pr- I'll give you protection for what you already own, Bernal Island. And he just starts laughing his ass off. He's he like, there's gall, and then there's his... damn gall. Yeah, he laughs his ass off. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I can like name that. you one character that can laugh in Shredder's face, and it, it goes that far. And the Krang is going to be that character. I mean, Krang in this... And this says this this is this keeps going like he is he's on par, I feel like, with how vicious Krang is in the 2003 cartoon. I mean, that's a different that's not Krang. It's some in Utram. They call him tall shredder. Mm-hmm. But like this is a vicious, vicious Krang compared to this is the most of any iteration they've ever had. This is the most vicious version of Krang itself. And I can't get past this sometimes. I'm like, damn, this is just like this is just good. Like. I mean, you you know right from the get-go of this meeting, he completely plans to kill Shredder at the end of this meeting. He he was just listening to him just so he could get him close and kill him. Like, you know exactly that's what's going on. That and, oh, does he really ha- truly have something to offer me? Let me hear this out. But and then he, I'll kill him anyway. And he's going to kill him anyway. He ultimately knows what he's going to do. I mean, he's going to kill everyone. Like, he even says that later on, like, yeah, when he talks his plan. But, like, oh, man, just... I was like, when I saw this and I see their first interaction, I'm like, oh, God, are they going to team up against the Turtles? I'm like, the Turtles are fucked if this happens. Like, I can't wait to see where this goes. Right. Because I think it's the issue before yeah, the issue before this in Turtles in Time, the last issue of that arc, you see a thing where Shredder, or maybe it was a different arc, but it's some, one of the things we read, the last part, Karai gets a letter from Fugitoid talking about Crank in one of the last issues. So it sets up that, you know, they're aware that he's building a technodrome and they have to do something about it. Right. What, what I do like is that this whole intro to this, like, meeting between these two is preceded by the, the very pers- purposeful storyline of Shredder attacking Krang. If they didn't have that interaction, this would have been a much different conversation. I'm glad yeah. the writers actually came up with that. And they don't, like, you don't get any pictures of it. You don't get any of a... Uh... See, you know, see, seek your history to the foot forward for more information. Like, you don't get like what Marvel used to do. But one of the, I, I don't know. Yeah, one of, there is, there is a page past the cover, like one of the first pages you would see in the book, I think is in the, it would be in the trade. I'm looking at a digital copy. Does show an image of him shooting up a crane like robot. They did show it in the secret history of the foot. Yeah, but they, I mean, they don't show it in here. Like, normally, a lot of times, oh, comics will have, like, like that little bubble. This or, yeah, yeah, so, like, okay. I think that's cool. I mean, like, but again, you don't need it. Like, if you didn't read Secret History of the Foot, which you should, because it's great, you, and listen to our episode if you haven't, and you don't have to. Like, there's enough here just to make you curious, but not make you have to know. 
That's that's actually really surprising because that's a, a very important moment to this to to lead up to this. Yeah, and they've done it before other moments. I, I don't know why they missed that one. Under. I think I mean maybe part of someone thought, hey, you know, it's kind of cool if you if you didn't read this, you don't know, so you, there's that mystery of it too. Hmm. Oh, maybe I'm reading more into it than I sh- I need to, but that's what I thought. And then it it jumps to Alopex, which I didn't expect Alopex to show up in this. I was really surprised. You it's just a small couple pages where she's still in Northampton. She's hunting a rabbit, and Kitsune approaches her. Well, a, a figment of Kitsune, I mean, it's not her. Like she manifested a fox to talk to her, and like I was confused. Like, okay, you, you know, you need to come back home. And the part that got me is when she said, "You won't remember any of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just that you know, you need to come home." And, like, the way they drew Kitsune's face, and it looks all like a devil face and stuff, like, I thought that was awesome. Or demon, I should say. Right. Yeah, a very demonic fox face. Yeah. I mean, and that that's her only appearance in this whole arc. It's just this little part where you see her once, where she summons Alopex. And I was wrong. It They don't have a thing to Secret History Foot, but a couple pages down, they do show the panel of, of when he ambushed him. Oh, so I they see, do yep. show it. Okay, that's why they didn't reference it then. I mean, this yeah, moment they, here shows it all you need to see. Yeah, because he tells them Kitsune isn't with them because he thought that, which, okay, I love this line. It's like, Kitsune indeed remains by my side, though obviously not at present. I felt by coming alone, I might assure you that I harbor no malicious intent. And Crane, you know, that's funny because I don't recall Kitsune being the one who ambushed me. <laughs> right. And you got to think, like, this this guy isn't even the real Shredder. So, no, this but guy you don't knows, know that. This guy is informed. Like, Shredder told him talking everything and uh, to mimic his voice too this guy's got to be good and that's almost like a waste of talent uh in the end of this issue when the helmet falls off you see a little recorder in there oh is that what it was i think there's a little speaker beside next to the bomb there's a little speaker that he's using to talk to him and so the voice comes out of out of there so he thinks he's talking to shredder Mm, so he's he's speaking for himself and the guy just has to imitate his mannerism right but if you if you notice, Shredder just sits there with his hands together for a good chunk of this conversation. He doesn't move as much. So I mean, there's a couple images here and there, like, but yeah, he's not like doing anything fancy. He's just, but yeah, he's, but yeah, that's how he's imitating. Because I was wondering the same thing too. I'm like, how the hell they get, you know, like how? But yeah, it's because it's there. I'm pretty sure that's when they show the inside of the helmet. There's a little speaker. Right. Well, yeah. I, I just looked. I did not see that before. Well, when you read this issue four times, you catch it. By the way. Uh yeah, you should if you read it four times. <laughs> too much. Wow. I still like to show out though. I really do. Well the whole idea that like when, when Shredder talks about like he's like, I know you've been uh doing technology and he, and he shows like a panel of Chet calling you know, calling him Karai stealing the ooze and Bebop and Rocksteady and he's I like how he's like, Yeah, I know how you got my stuff, buddy. He's like, I know you came in and you know, stole ooze from me. Like I'm not an idiot. <laughs> right. Yeah, again, Krang at this point we're deducing that he's been alive for millions of years he's not a fuck yeah and like it's during this when he talks about how this is when he tells shredder because shredder's like you know you if you want to rule the world you won't be able to rule this world they won't let you you know be the leader like you need a human to lead and then we'll lead together and i i think that because again he makes his own mistake because again crane thinks he's gonna you know he tells him like i'm gonna destroy the entire i'm killing everyone on this world you know so there won't be any human uprising and that's when he stabs shredder right through the chest with his fist yeah, can you imagine how hard that has to be? I mean, there I, there should be a whole lot of blood in this panel, but there isn't because you know they didn't want to go there. But <laughs> oh yeah, uh, it, it, it's fucking. In- I also didn't understand because there's a comment that he makes that I I want to bring up to you 
you know, where he says, you know, take his body. I could use a new suit. I didn't understand what I mean, again, that kind of makes me think of the 2003 Turtles cartoon. But I want I wasn't sure what they were up to with that. Like what he if he used his bodies, I guess, to I put himself in or something. his armor, maybe. I don't think hmm. about it as like human body oh, or because he was going to imitate Shredder. Well, that or act as a parasite and take over his body. Hmm, yeah. Because I will say so, this, they're, they're, the Krangs or Utrams are parasitic beings. They can be parasitic be- beings, as yeah. you'll see later on in the series. It has nothing to do with Shredder, so there's okay. no spoiler or anything there. But I'm not, I'm not going to tell you who or how, but they are parasitic beings. Oh, so maybe he was going to use the body somehow then, like to imitate Shredder and use that to control the foot. Maybe. I mean, what I'm speaking of happens so much later that... I don't know if the writers were referring to that or just using his armor. Maybe they didn't figure it out at this time what they wanted to do with that, but they fucking figured it out later. Okay. I mean, again, if this series has taught me anything, they're writing, you know, 30 issues ahead. Wouldn't so, be surprised. I mean, Turtles in Time, I'm 100% positive that alligator we saw is Leatherhead, and I won't find out for another 20-some issues. So, Have like, fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, that's just how this book is. Like, it's just, they, they were right ahead. And then this is when you find out that one of the foot soldiers was actually shredder and the helmet has a bomb inside of it and blows up and a microphone apparently yeah it's just really cool and then that one foot soldier just sacrifices himself master run and you see him get all shot up (laughs) oh yeah Uh, and then they and then crane blows up the helicopter shoots a rocket launcher from his arm (laughs) before so reminds me of some like this all reminds me like metal gear (laughs) yeah that's a fair way to put it Man, we cannot get away from Elgar references in this, can we? With me and you. Not when we're reading Turtles, apparently. No. <laughs> but, like, this is another, like, you know, I, I love what he says to Shredder. He's like, I have you cornered. He's like, you know, you're outnumbered. You're not, you brought a knife to a gunfight. He's like, I'm going to, you know, he's like, I'm going to enjoy killing you slowly. <laughs> like, and, and just what Shredder says, like, you know, every good tactician retains options in battle. Contingency plans to turn failure into success. Prepare to meet mine. Yep. And you get a mutant you already know and a brand new mutant. Bludgeon and card. Oh, is this is this from like the Archie stuff or the cartoon? No, I think Bludgeon is is a completely new one. Because the mean, only yeah, like a human I know star. a man right. right. That, that's that man. That's later on. What? Oh. <laughs> this is this is street chart. This is like a street chart right here. Yeah, that's fair. It's cool. Like I was shocked when all of a sudden he pops up. I mean, I knew I knew Koya would be there because that's the hawk from Northampton book. Like I knew that bird was coming, but I was surprised when I saw Bludgeon. Yep. I'm assuming I'll see more Bludgeon as as, the art continue, as we keep reading. Uh, so. He will. He actually lasts quite some time. That, this is not I like it. I was really happy to see a freaking hammerhead shark on their team. And I'm assuming he's an actual mutant again, too, right? Like he was an animal. Sorry. They're all mutant. But he was an animal that was turned into a mutant. <clears throat> I want to say, yes, he was a shark first. Okay. It's just so damn cool. And then they almost beat Krang. Like Shredder fucking takes out Krang just about in this fight, too. Like, he almost kills him. He gets him to the point where he puts his sword up against the glass piece of where the brain is, and he's like, fuck you. Like, we're about to be done. I'm glad they, I'm glad they did that, because they made Krang such a ruthless, insane dictator, like, almost indestructible, insane dictator, and then you get Shredder here. They're trying to show you how much of a threat Shredder actually is by almost taking him out. I, I really like that. I also like it that they didn't. He didn't mean to leave him alive. Like they, they did a oh, good job of that. Yeah, there's no, there's, it's a no mercy situation that he and Koya, as she explains later, you know, made a, a judgment call. But yeah, it could have been over. And, and Shredder's that guy. He's 
he's not going to bullshit you. If he's got you in a position where he can eliminate you, he's he's not going to hesitate. This is not his fault for, for not being able to hit that, that final blow. And I like that. I like it that you have a villain that isn't like, oh, I'll let you live so we can fight again next time. Like, he's he only reason why he doesn't finish the job is because that the ship is burning from all their fighting and the fact that freaking Crane sets off, like, multiple rockets from his shoulders, you know, blows, lights the ship on fire. <laughs> right. And that's when you have Koya grabs him and pulls him off the ship. Like, that's the only reason why Crane didn't die. And at the same time, it makes you wonder if he would have succeeded if he, or if he would have died first. They both Pretty damn cool, exciting fight. I would love to see mm-hmm. this in live action. Yeah. And, like, Bludgeon gets shot in the face, right in the mouth of the gun, and he's fine. He's upset, but he's okay. He shouldn't be. Yeah, these, these bigger mutants, like, as we'll see later, Rocksteady and Bebop and Bludgeon, they can take some punishment. They're almost damn near indestructible. <clears throat> I was impressed with that. And, like, the last one of the last lines of this of this book, is does this mean we're uh, a bludgeon? Like, does this mean we're at war with General Crane now, Master? Yes, bludgeon. In truth, we always were. I really like that. Great. You know, I was. And then this, and then you get into the main thing with this arc, which I don't like as much. Like the first issue or the first cover of issue thirty-eight is just Hob, just Hob, and I'm like, fuck Hob. I still don't like Hob. I thought you were. He was growing on you. He was as when he, I felt bad for him. I didn't feel oh, bad for him in this arc. Yeah, I don't feel bad for him. <laughs> I did in that. I, hey, I was a sucker for that uh, comic villain one in, that we read in City Fall when it was like when he was little, when he showed how he got thrown out. I felt bad. No, I, I felt think bad. it was just your your history with living with twenty cats at once kind of got to you. <laughs> hey, it was only nine, sir. Nine cats. Oh at once. God, is that horrible? And now I have four. <laughs> I have four cats and one dog. Right uh, Almost Susan so. Jr. <laughs> well, it was only supposed to be three cats and one dog, and then we were fostering a cat, and then they were like, yeah, we're going to drop him off at the vet. Or, yeah, they were going to kill him, essentially. And we're like, yeah, he'll just stay here. Because <laughs> he's blind. Like, nobody would have adopted him. So, Oh, he's blind. Oh, that, that, that one was there when I went, right? No, he wasn't there. No? No, we. I don't think we had him yet. Maybe we but did. I don't think we did. I think he did. It was small. Okay, it was an orange cat that wandered around? It, yeah. Yeah, we had him. Yeah, we've had, but he, we were supposed to keep him. He just ended up here. Now he lives here. I think so. he had him in one of the rooms, right? We used to, yeah. Now he 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 moved downstairs, and now he lives in, he lives on the first floor. <laughs> Literally, just lives on the first floor. <laughs> That's where the food is. He figured out, oh, they feed down here. That's the most important part. Yeah, I didn't bring the wet food upstairs, and once he figured out the wet food is down there, he never left. So, but this issue starts off like I was also confused because like it starts off with them getting back from training with Splinter, and it talks about his damaged leg. But and I was thinking there would be some kind of reference to Turtles in Time. Ish, you know, miniseries, like something that had happened, nothing. There's not nothing. one word about what they went through. And that bothered me because up to this point, almost every miniseries we've read has had some impact on the main series, like some kind of comment, something. I mean, Turtle Sound was really good, but I was a little disappointed that there wasn't something. I was just kind of, I don't know, I was just kind of disappointed with a lot of this arc. I didn't like the main story of it. Like they get back to their hideout and they just find you know, Smart Slash just sitting there. Going, hey guys, just sitting on their couch, just waiting for him. So, oh, I mean, that was cool. All of their uh, security systems. Uh-huh. Uh, Donatello's all pissed off about it, too. <laughs> and Man, what you brought shocked. up before, like, when they go downstairs, you can still see that broken railing where Slash <laughs> fell off of. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, they make sure every time they draw it, it's broken. I like that callback, too. Same. Since you, you point, I forget what you pointed out, in, but yeah, it was like the rat thing you pointed out, and that was a good art. That was good. And, like, this is also, you see such a division between what's going on with Donatello and the rest and the rest of the Turtles, because Splinter, Leo, 
and Raphael mainly just want to go after Shredder. Where Donatello's like, we gotta fucking stop Krang. He's like, he's gonna destroy the world if we don't do something. It won't matter if we beat Shredder. We're all dead. We can't breathe. Like, you know? Yeah. And I, I kind of like it. Like, they do a good job of really showing you throughout this arc how upset Donatello gets with them. And he, he leaves. Like, he's not even around for most of this. Like, he's off doing his own thing. As we'll see in a couple issues later, how much, mm-hmm. how much even more so, yeah. And you also have a small scene where you see Angel in her suit, the nobody suit, fighting some random thugs, and she gets saved miraculously from somebody. But you see, like, in the next panel, it's Alopex is, is there. I don't understand why Kitsune brought Alopex back throughout this whole arc. I don't understand what the point is, but I'm assuming it will play a point in the in the later issues. Well, Alopex came back on her own regardless, but it's Kitsune that's trying to get her to come back to the, the foot. Okay. So she, Kitsune has alternate plans for Alopex. Alopex is working on her own accord right now. Oh, okay. I was thinking that like she wanted Alopex to come back to help them. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? No, so you'll, you'll see is that unfolds and, and what role they play with one another. Okay. I'm, I look forward to that. Cause yeah, really it's just them telling them that or he, Splinter telling the turtles that he made a deal with Hob, you know, when he got Leo back that he would go and, you know, help Hob. And that's what they're going to go do. They're going to go join Hob's army essentially. Right. Well, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they don't actually that's join what, his that's army. Their, but... It's the closest thing they have to, to allies. Yeah. I mean, other than Casey and April who are, Kind of doing their own thing. I mean, April, you don't really see this entire arc. You see her in the next page, but that's it. That's it. Other than that, there's nothing. I did laugh, though. This was perfect, where she comes in the house. And I think this is like the first time she sees Casey Jones since he got his ass, you know, pretty much. Well, no, she saw him last. She saw him, I think she saw him some point. Maybe she didn't see him since he got beat up. Can't remember. But that's irrelevant. But the way that she takes it, she's like, I got to talk to my boyfriend for a second. And she just punches him in the arm. That was great. <laughs> yeah, it was good. <laughs> like i knew that was coming up like and she just yelling at him then she you know gets all sweet like i care about you you can't be you know because again he got his fucking ass handed to him when it came to the stuff with hun and she's reminding him that you know because he he suffered a lot like he's gotten his ass whipped by his dad more than once he's gotten shanked by shredder's claws like it almost died it's like she's telling him like hey man like i have no fucking ooze buddy so i want to stop dancing with death for some time here yeah, I don't know if he can, but yeah. <laughs> this is who he is. I mean, he's he's so deep in with his past, he doesn't know how to balance that and manage it. I mean, realistically, the best thing he could do is leave town with her, you know, leave together and, and start a new life, but that's not who he is or, or what he wants to do. No, he's not going to either, so I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not happening at all. And then it cuts back to you see the turtles meet up with Hob in the alley, He's like, hey, you know, come to meet my other mutants. And there's nobody else there but Slash and Lindsay at so first. What's up with that Krang graffiti, by the way? Oh, I don't think I noticed this. You mean what that purple blob it? thing? Yeah. I don't know if I'd call that Krang. I mean, it's fucking close. What else is that? I don't know. I can't. Like, I'm looking at it right now, but I can't think of if it's meant to be anything. I, I mean, I guess it could be damn near anything, but it's very Krang-esque. No, I mean, you bring up a good point. I mean, that's what could have been I what mean, they're going for. It, it's possible. I mean, I'm sure it's throwaway and it's meaningless overall, but you really try to dig into like the world building here. It's like, all right, well, people are have been aware of Krang since at what at least the 1960s. Oh yeah. So it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities for people or the conspiracy theorists and like you know drug addicts or weed heads to go out there and start spraying stuff about conspiracy theories. 
No, that would fit too. That fits. I, I feel like that fits with what's going on also. And this is when you're introduced to two new mutants. One I got really excited to see. Mondo Gecko. You know, I that's crazy because I actually like Mondo. I do too. I had his toy, his figure with the skateboard. Same. The original design. So I actually liked Mondo back then. So I was actually pretty happy to see him too. His tail used to come off. I'm pretty sure my figure had his tail broken off at some point. His tail is lost. But yes. That's <laughs> usually what happens with that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you play with your toys. That happens. <laughs> I actually don't mind the uh, Herman here either. I mean. When I hear his voice, I think of that stereotypical like country army recruits or, or that's fair. Like that. For those that don't know, Mono Gecko is a, a gecko with a skateboard. It's all punk in this. And the other character that we're introduced to, Herman the Hermit Crab, is like a military crab with a dumpster on his back full of weapons. Yeah, it's supposed to be a hermit crab. Yes, but he has a dumpster so, with weapons instead of a, a shell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> interesting it's not it's not a bad design i'm glad they did that i mean if you're gonna like that's hobbs like dream right there a mutant that is all out like army ready yeah that's fair it's definitely an interesting take it's not what i expected and that's the thing man i don't know if you do that but when it comes to most characters i try to have some type of voice that that matches the character of what i feel they should should or would sound like no i, I try to do that too and I mean, with the way that with his work, with his dialogue and everything, yeah, he does. I can definitely see that. That like southern accent too that he they might have or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, is he from anything else, or is he brand new to this? I think I think Herman's new. I, I don't recall him being in anything. Okay, because I, I don't think I've ever seen him before. Yeah, there's a few new ones. You'll see a few new ones as we go. I, I would I want to say he's one of them. It's kind of you a mix. To kind of... Thing is that as we go along, you'll see a mix. Like they're they usually introduce new mutants in groups and it's usually okay. a mix of new old and new in most cases anyway that's cool though like again this, this was cool to see mondo gecko come back and be and it fit like he's just a punk guy with a skateboard but a skateboard like a shotgun attached to it or something right and his design isn't bad i actually like the design same i did too and when like when leo shows up afterwards like this is when you get to see them like react the way they should react <laughs> like you know, all of a sudden, Herman has freaking Gatling guns and rocket launchers that come out of his, you know, shell. His trash we've, got an, we've got an unidentified tango inside the wire, Mondo. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mondo like, yeah, man, don't make us get gnarly on you. How was that? Huh? <laughs> Great. <laughs> <It works. laughs> uh, and, and then the last couple pages of this made me crack up because you have the stupid, stupid pigeon again. Oh, that's you know what? I love him, man. I love uh, Pete. I think he's amazing. I like how he was he's like oh, he was sent to retrieve more specimens, and instead of going to the pet store, he ends up somehow running into Rocksteady and Bebop. I mean, the guy wasn't wrong. Like he had, and they say it later, like he had the right idea. He just fucked it up. <laughs> you just talked to the wrong mutants, buddy. Yeah, like he he like you got to think this like this pigeon's absolutely stupid, like damn near brain dead, and he's sitting there with what he I'm sure he feels is like the greatest idea that anyone's ever had. And he blows it. <laughs> I mean, you're right, though. He had the right idea. He really did. He just yeah, approached two of the worst. Like, oh, these guys, they, they gotta be. Like, even Rocksteady looks like he's part of an army already. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I guess you also wouldn't think that, like, also, one, he's stupid. He's a pigeon. But also, the other idea is, like, he, you know, he wouldn't think that all these turtles are going to, you know, going to be bad and stuff. Or not turtles, but, I mean, these mutants are going to be bad because the mutants should be on their side. Well, on this last page, you got to think, like, all three of these guys, damn near the same IQ. 
At least Pete has a pigeon brain. <laughs> okay, fair. I got told the pizza and just eating it as if this is like one piece, you know. They're so stupid. I, I I didn't like them in this arc as much as I've liked them in other stuff we've read. I like them at one point, and that's one of the later issues. Okay, I, I did laugh when you when they you know like okay we'll go follow because they asked Pete who's he got with him. He's like we got turtles. He's like turtles. You say huh? Oh yeah. So that's <laughs> these guys try. They're like the Beavis and Butthead of the Ninja Turtles. These two are damn near the same thing. Like they think they have a great idea, and sometimes they're on to something, but it never pans out. No, they're not on to a great idea. They're fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. In their heads, they're thinking like, oh, we're gonna use this pigeon. We're gonna kill some turtles and get favorable karai, whatever, whatever. And then you see how it pans out. <laughs> I did laugh. They're like, hey, we gotta get breakfast. I don't got any money. And they just like, let me go, let me go grab. They just break up. They just break an ATM, take the money out. Oh, yeah. And all I was thinking is, who are you gonna pay? Like, who's gonna take money from you in the first place? Like, wouldn't you right. just go to a restaurant, break it down, and just take what you want and leave? Let's not forget that they actually named their weapons, too. Oh, yeah, they do have a name for the chainsaw and the hammer, don't they? Mm-hmm. Kind of wish they, they showed who they were named after but they don't i did laugh at the homeless guy that's asking for money when he doesn't look at them and he sees he's like he's like no i'm good <laughs> like oh never mind he's like oh fuck that yeah <laughs> well there's it looks like there's money still on the ground and that when they pan out to alapex that guy could run up there and get some yeah he can't be too far away from them right it's probably around the corner you might want to wait a little bit but yeah you know make sure they're gone they go get some money and then you see mike in the next panel is mikey cooking breakfast now this made me laugh my ass off He's like, how do you want your eggs? So, and that's kind of Mikey throughout almost the whole series. Like he's again, great intentions, best intentions out of any character. He's the most kind-hearted, caring person damn near in this entire series. And his intentions are great. He wants to feed his brothers, his family, and he fucking blows that. He just can't cook. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's, the follow-through is is not very well with him on anything. His intentions are there, but the follow-through is not good. Because uh, he gets scared by the toaster, so then he drops the eggs. <laughs> so he's like, scrambled it is. Yeah. I think Rafael right before the big comedy is like, who are you kidding, Mikey? They're going to be scrambled anyway with burnt toast. Right. He's like, why are you giving me enough? <laughs> I like how Rafael's just working out, too. He's just sitting there doing weights while they're, ta- while they're waiting for breakfast. Yeah, that's, that's very connected to his character type. It's a good comical moment, and I think you really needed that right here, too. You do. A lot of stuff's been very serious. I think all up until this point is the first time he gets something a little more light. Yeah, like especially the way Splinter, like when when Leonardo's like, "Father, what's your plan for surviving Mikey's cooking <laughs> retreat?" Retreat. Yeah. You know, it's one of the few moments where things are comical in this art because, like, the next the next thing you see is Donatello went to Harold and he and why he's talking with Harold and Angel and Harold's not working on a teleporter; he's working on the cameras for the suit. For the nobody suit, so they can figure out who the hell tried to, you know, almost, you know, almost killed, you know, who saved her. And he just, I like how he just freaks the fuck out. Like he just flips out and just starts screaming at him. Yeah, like, look at the panel too. It's like uh-huh. red, and he's fucking losing his mind. But it, it fits so well. What's going on? Because it again, it one, it makes sense. Like of course he's gonna be pissed. Of course, you know, they're gonna be upset with what's going on. Like it, it makes perfect sense to be upset in this situation. So he decides to help out Harold instead. So if Harold's talking about, oh, I need to do a couple more things and we're here, this is what we're going to get. He tries to make himself a little more useful because what did Harold say? Harold said he's working on Metalhead and like some other project or the nobody suit. So Donatello decides, well, let me take one of those 
projects off his hands. That way he can focus more on the teleporter. And here yeah, that's why he wants to help, right? That plus his alternative plan. Multi-layered plan. Yeah. There's <laughs> all the other plan, but yes. That I did yeah, not I see coming. A logical guy like Donnie, I mean, what else is he going to do in this time? Instead no, I think he had I get think home he... and scream at his brothers and shit. Like, <laughs> I gotta pay well, they're too focused on Shredder. Every single one of them. I mean, Leo uh, seemed like he was a little on the fence about it, obviously, but and and he should be. I think if anybody's going to be on the fence, it's going to be Leo because he's got a lot to consider. He's got he's he's looking at big picture too. Being that he's a leader, he's got to do that. But he's also sees things through Splinter's eyes too. Yeah, and I, I appreciate that. Like I I like how they also show what you didn't see before that he got a message from from Fugitoid that they're running out of time, which also kind of puts more of why he's so upset. Because, you know, he even says here, we, you know, we went from having years to having months. We might only have weeks or days to do right. this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he says, yeah, we may be looking at months instead of years, weeks, maybe. Like, and they don't know. I mean, as soon as Technodrome is done, he's going to, you know, launch it. And they even say in here, uh, Futuroy says, well, something happened and now he's pushing it even harder. Which, again, he met with Shredder and he's pissed. Because mm-hmm. Shredder, you know, blew up his boat. <laughs> Almost killed him. Yeah, but I didn't think much when I saw... Donatello go over to go work on Metalhead. I did not, you know, and he just says, I trust your genius here. Let's just hope that that, that luck part works out. And he just sitting there looking at Metalhead, and I was not expecting anywhere where that went in the next two issues. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, it's not like they really give you a hint or allude to where it's no. on, but, you know. What did you think of the stuff with Casey Jones at the house, at the, at the building with the O'Neills in this issue? So, you have a little bit with here. I mean, obviously, relationship building between the three characters and, and them accepting someone that's not their son or, or someone's, you know, their daughter's boyfriend or that and whatever. But I think mainly really trying to show how handy Casey is and that he has more skills other than like beating people up, yeah. playing a sport. There's other things. There's other value to this character. And I think that's kind of what they're trying to show here. I, I like this part. I like how he just fixes the the breaker and gets it working for them because he knew the fuse. He knew when the fuse is and like the guy's all upset. He can't get coffee. And this guy isn't, you know, an intelligent scientist, but you know, he can't, you know, he doesn't know, you know, basic things like this. Yeah. I wouldn't either. Yeah, I, But yeah. Yeah. I think, I think they're just trying to give him value more, more value than he already does. And I think I also took it as they're trying to show him have a family again, because his father is a psychopath murderer. There's that, there's that part too. And I, I think they've been doing that since he, He's been there with them and staying with them for a bit. I think that's what they've been alluding to each time. So, yeah, it makes sense. I liked it. I really I really enjoyed that. I like the stuff with Angel in here where Alopex, you know, runs into her and tells her, I think the turtles need help and we got to work together. You know, and like you see Alopex being part of the team. And I, I really like that. You can see how short she is. <laughs> I like that, too. That was cool. <laughs> it makes sense. She's just a fox. Mm-hmm. So she's not tall. She's not, like, monstrous, like bludgeon or you know koya or rocksteady you know rocksteady and bebop like we're gonna see very soon slash yeah like i like that she's little i mean so is gecko most of the turtles turtles are technically like four foot something i guess not very tall i I did laugh when they when when the turtles and splinter go back to hop and hop's like oh hey i see you're still only a turtle trio i see (laughs) and Raphael just gets pissed (laughs) <laughs> he rubs it right in as as he would. I like I, that's one thing I do like about Hob. He's a shit talker. I, I think it's <laughs> hilarious. There's not a lot of value to the guy other than that, but he is a shit talker. Uh huh. No, some of that stuff is funny. And then when when you know the pigeon shows up, he's like, "I brought friends," and this Rocksteady Bebop just standing there with him, like, "Hi guys." Hey, look at look at how he struts around the corner. He's so proud, so happy. <laughs> 
And and here they are looking like Texas Chainsaw Massacre mutants. Mm-hmm. I really was surprised by Hobbs' speech, where he's like, you know, join us. You know, he's like, humans have been, you know, dominating. We're going to change something. We're all mutants. And then they're like, we're half human. And he's how pissed he gets. He's like, what? He's like, human. He just he just shoots on the next panel. Shoots him right in the face. No hesitation. Mm-hmm. And then he shoots rocks. And then he shoots, uh, yeah, Bebop, Bebop in the stomach. <laughs> Bobster. <laughs> right in the stomach. Oh, I was just like, that was just funny. Like, he's like, fuck, you guys are humans. Fuck you. Let's fight. And I, and I thought this was just cool because you get to see Slash fighting Rocksteady for a panel. Like, I just really like that. There's some really cool. Really cool. This entire fight was, was a highlight. I love this fight. And then again, another, just like Krang and Shredder would have been a very cool live action scene to, to see. Yeah. And then you have Alapex shows up. CGI. Yeah, I would love to see. It. You're right. I would love to see this comic, even just parts of these comics put in the, in the, in the live action because it's so good. It's actually like a pretty long fight when you think about it. Yeah, it goes on for, it's in this arc, and then it goes on for a whole nother, or not arc, but I mean, it's in this book, the end of this book, and it goes on for a whole nother book, most of it. Yeah. Like, it's a long fight. I mean, you have Alapex, and nobody show up and jump down to the fight. The turtles are about to get into the fight, and then you see Donatello, who's at Harold, and April's there. He's like, nah, I got more important things to do, and he's working on shell, Metalhead. Right. I like how and small can- Metalhead is. Oh yeah, he's tiny. You could think like, oh, you know, it's that's Donnie just trying to ignore them and and get some things done, and because he doesn't agree with them, but he actually has another plan, and they still don't allude to that in this panel yet. No, they don't. You have no idea what's coming. You just think he just wants to work on stuff, and he isn't concerned. But he's can he well, he knows they can handle themselves too. I mean, they got Hobbs' army with them too. If, and if they couldn't handle themselves, he he would have went. He knows he's that loyal. But yeah, yeah. You know. I mean. Maybe the turtles themselves couldn't take down them, but with with the help of Herman and Gecko and Hob and Slash, I mean, there's enough of them to take down these. And yeah, well, I mean, you see the the issues they're having even with the extra hands. So by yeah. themselves, yeah, they would have had a big problem. I mean, in the next issue, when you start seeing how that fight goes, I mean, issue forty, like it is a hell of a fight. Like these fuckers can just they take so much damage. It doesn't really. They don't understand. go down. I mean, no, they get like hit with did. a rocket launcher early in this from Herman, like, or not a rocket, but a missile. Like, it just, they just do not go down. Right. And in between this fight, you have a small scene of Casey Jones working at the at the antique store, which, again, made me, made me smile because it's thinking of, you know, their first TMT movie. And this is where they technically hire him. Like, hey, you can come work for them. When we start making money, we'll be able to pay you. <laughs> right. At least they have a place to stay. That's something. Yeah. They're offering them something. I mean, not to mention family aspect that he doesn't know much about and i'm glad i'm glad they didn't do the stereotypical thing that they do in movies and where the person starts to try to reject it and he, me too you know now they didn't do that they, he went full on with it and and they're showing bonding and i think that's a good thing i really appreciated it it was something that i really you know was like this is just cool to see and i'm glad they did this with this character because they they're really going away from Hun, and after that last arc that we read, where you had like two or three issues all about Hun, it was nice to step away from him this whole arc. It's good. I, we need that break right now. Because I'm assuming not the next arc, but Invention, he's going to play a big part in that, I'm assuming. so Because I'm assuming they're going to go for Shredder in that arc. So That's my guess. But we'll see. <laughs> I can't wait to see. Nope. Damn it. We still, <laughs> we still got three more recordings before we get to Vengeance, though. Oh, man. Trust me, can't I know. Wait. I'm, like during the fight, there's not a whole lot of things. I mean, it's mainly just a whole 
this whole issue is mo- a lot of them just fighting. And there's some cool parts like you get to see nobody or Al- Angel fight them like she tases them, but she can't like nothing stopping them. Like they're just that gets, powerful. She gets a fatality uh, stage fatal- fatality uppercut from Bobster. Oh, yeah. Oh, and she does destroy his chainsaw, though, I think. Yeah, she shoots the chainsaw and blows it up. Oh, yeah. yeah. But OK, so Later. he got rid of they got she got rid of Roberta. Yeah, I think Rest it was called Roberta. Roberta. It was yeah. okay, and there there is a little scene that really made me smile when Raphael and Alopex both get thrown and they land into a pigeon coop and they're tied up in a net together and they're like, so uh, yeah, this is awkward. I really like this little this little panel, couple panels. Why is that? I thought it was sweet. I thought they you know the idea where they kind of show there's some tension between them like that way. Like I just I don't know. I just really liked it. I thought this was a sweet moment because. Mm. They don't hate. I mean, you know, Raphael knows he fucked up in North in the Northampton arc when he flipped out on her. And I just I don't know. I just I, I just thought it was a sweet little thing that they had. All right. Well, I'll say this. I'm not going to give you any spoilers as far as like relationships between anybody in this entire series. But if you like this here, it might change your mind as far as like or I might not be as much of an influence as far as how you might feel as far as like the issues that are closer to issue 100. Because there's a lot of more like relationship building. I'm not saying between these two, but just in general, uh, like family building. There's like a different tone in the comic at that point. If you okay. like this, you might, I mean, you might like that stuff. So I mean, okay, I'm looking forward to seeing where stuff goes. And I just like also how the tension is broken with them. Like they're just like like one last line she says, "Thanks, but let's worry about home later. Home later, huh?" I think he says, "Oh yeah," he tells Alapex she always is home with them because right. he's apologizing for screwing up and. I like how this whole scene is broken up with, hi, I'm Pete. <laughs> that cracked yep. me up. Cause here they're talking, you know, they're having a moment together and, you know, he's apologizing for fucking up. And then Pete just, just there. And it's so abrupt. And, and it's, he's like, hi. And then as you can see, it like scares the shit out of mm-hmm. both of them. I feel like Pete talks like clown from the nineties or something. Like it's, it's so obnoxious. Pete is annoying. Uh, there's a couple of good scenes in the fight. One with the herm, the, the herm, Herman, the hermit, where they he jumps out from from the shit from the garbage can and grabs both of them, and tries to choke them, and then knocks them together. But it doesn't, you know, nothing stops them. Obviously, and Hob almost gets killed by them too in here too. Like Hob's getting his ass just choked by Rocksteady until Splinter gets involved because mm-hmm. he's trying to. I do like that it's his plan to have Gecko camouflage and go up the wall to try to electrocute them. I did Splinter, like that. You're about? Yeah. yeah. Oh, did I say the wrong name? You said Holly. <laughs> oh, I've done that before. I did like that though. I I thought that was cool. I think Gecko take off a shirt. I'm like, uh. <laughs> I mean, you're still wearing pants, so they you know they can maybe see your pants and your skateboard. But uh, oh well, it, it works. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that they did that, but hey, whatever. I'm like, does he need to get naked to you know camouflage? Because <laughs> a little weird. I mean, it would make sense if he if he did. Yeah, but I don't think they're gonna draw that in the comic. This isn't Watchmen. Right. I mean, I, I guess when he's holding his. He's holding, he's not watching, yeah, no shit. He's holding his skateboard and all this other stuff. It's like, if you really want to notice it, you can, but they're in the middle of a fight. You up in Rocksteady are some of the dumbest fucking things we'll ever run into in this comic, so does he really need to get fully naked? Probably not. No, you don't. And then they electrocute them, and that doesn't even stop them. Like, you see them drop down, and you see everyone starting to celebrate, like, yeah, we did it! And then they get back up. I really like that, that scene where they get electrocuted. They did a good job on that art. Yeah, they did. That that is cool. And I like how he just drops the cord, you know, and they're standing in a puddle and you just yeah. see their faces all messed up and then you see their feet because they fell. <laughs> they're all smoking. Yeah, that was a cool panel. 
And then you, the turtles and everyone are trying to pick themselves back up, and they're like, "Yeah, we took them down." And then they get back up and right back up. I can't believe how powerful they are in this in this iteration of them. Like it's it's something else. You know, like I I look forward to seeing where it goes eventually. And then the only way they get stopped finally, because Herman, who somehow still has more rockets, <laughs> shoots them, and they're in, they're buying a, a a building that was about to be destroyed, and then the whole building collapses on them, like a whole apartment building looking thing, which also didn't last long. No, it doesn't kill them. Like they think, okay, we definitely got them, and then you you have them all celebrating. You know, Alapex become part of the part of the team essentially with them, or becomes partner with Angel. I guess they're kind of becoming friends, and, I, and this is where you have Hobbs going. You know, you know what, Pete, you had the right idea. This crappy execution. He says, there it is. Yep. And I'm wondering if Alopex is now going to join the army or join Hobbs. Hobbs well, he, group is what I'm curious. Well, Hobb asked her and she turned him down. Okay. I said, no, thanks. I've had enough armies in my life. And then he okay. said, you're lost. Is it though? <laughs> you're right. I mean, in Hobbs brain. Sure. And I do like how earlier in the comic or this little arc, you have Bebop and Rock City. Well, this doesn't work out. We're not going to tell Karai what we did. <laughs> And they're like, yeah, we're not telling Karai nothing. He's like, <laughs> I do like that. There's no point in telling Karai after this happened. That's their big Beavis and Butthead plan. That's all they were concerned about. If it works out, we'll tell Karai. If it doesn't, we just don't. We don't need to tell her. What shocks the hell out of me this whole time is that there's no humans around. There's no. This is New York. This is highly populated city. There's no humans around. There's no cops. No cars. No nothing nothing there's no consequence for them just rampaging through this i mean other than this may be happening within 30 seconds I, I don't know i would say 10 five minutes probably tops 10 minutes tops like it isn't long but you think there'd be something right so yeah that is kind of strange and then the the very last page of this where it says epilogue is this was cool where you find out that he's been working on metalhead and the reason he's working on metalhead he sends metalhead to shredder and tells him you know i need your help against crane and i thought that was cool and the last line he says is that the fate of the world depends on the foot clan so donatello did whatever he had to on this robot to fully control it manually control it and an arcade board that to a shitty arcade machine <laughs> and learned how to efficiently control this thing in that matter of short time that's because he's the best turtle i guess so I've always been a fan of Donatello. Man, I can't oh, yeah. wait till you get to his big arc, man. You're gonna, you're gonna love it. Well, that, that just means you got to read faster with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. But no, I was really shocked when I saw this. I was like, "Damn, that's cool!" And, and that's the end of this arc. Plays a bigger role than than you could probably even imagine. Like, it's not a huge role, but it, it's like that character, that robot, it has a place. I do like how everything has a place in this. In, you know, in this comic, like nothing really feels throwaway, except for those French ninjas. Nothing has ever felt thrown away. That's it. I mean, that's a good track record. If all you have is one group of, of throwaways that are all practically carbon copies of one another anyway, you're not really messing up. No, which is good. And that should brings us to Shelf Stacker Box. And why don't you go first? Hmm. I guess I really didn't think about this one, but um, I don't know. I, I think this is a stackable one. I didn't okay. hate it. didn't necessarily love it. I mean, being that it is a transitional piece in a way, um, I think it just kind of equates to the stackable kind of adventure here. I mean, you had some cool moments, um, but that's it. I think it's stackable. Okay, and I'll go last. Uh, I'll put this in the stack too. I was thinking maybe box, but as we as we talked about it again, and I 
reread the page, you know, flip through the book again for the fifth time, I my opinion changed a little bit. I mean, yeah, it's going to stack. It's not my favorite. Like it, it just, but it was there to serve as a quieter arc before we get to the big shit that's coming. Because the next two main arcs that we're gonna be talking about are gonna be big shit. So at least when we get to the actual damn stuff, not the only two that are in between it that I gotta read. <laughs> so, so yeah, but I, I I did enjoy it, just not as much. I think also I'm part of it is like I'm so excited to get to vengeance that everything else is just kind of in my way. That's so close you can taste it. Yeah, I mean it really is. Like I just I just want to get there, and we still have Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters attacking Technodrome, mutant animals, and then we get to vengeance. Mutamals, mm-hmm. whatever the hell you say. Mutanimals, yeah. Yeah, and I just, that's the one I'm not excited for, but maybe my opinion will change by the time we get there. You're more excited for Ghostbuster? Yes. Only because I'm pretty sure that you'd you'd made a comment to me a long time, not that long ago, one of our earlier recordings, where you'd mentioned about the Rat King and stuff, and I'm pretty sure it has something to do with the, those beans and the Ghostbuster stuff. So I, I don't recall on how deep they go with it, but they do give you more... They, they give you some insight as to a little bit more of that. But I think that's about it, though. I can't fully remember. It's been a while. And that's fine. I mean, it's just a cool, you know, they just did something cool. But the fact that it's canon, like, kind of like, I'm like, all right, that is awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, it's actually canon. Yeah. I can't wait. So, yeah, the next arc you will hear from us will be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters number one. So that's what you get to look forward to. And another random Ghostbusters thing to put on the show, too. Something very random I never thought would be on the show. But hey, so yeah, that's the end of this little arc. And then you stay tuned for the next one. If you want to hear the rest of our TMT stuff, we have done all the comic arcs up to this point of the IDW series. If you go on our go on the Podbean website and type in TMNT, you will find everything we did. Type in Turtles, you'll find all the other stuff. The comics are all labeled under TMNT just because I have no I didn't want to type in TMNT and Turtles every single time. And we do a ton of these episodes, so they're just by themselves. You type in TMT, you'll find them all. Everything is on Pobby. You go right on our website and you can just search right in the search bar. Any anything you think we've done. Batman, Star Wars, you'll find it. Brave Venture Musashi, you'll find it. So just go in there and type in things. You can find our whole catalog. Over 450 episodes are on Podbean. I've made a lot of podcasts. And if you want to support the show, we do a Patreon for Little Dog. You vote in our Patreon polls. You'll see a link in the show notes for that. We have a Discord. You can join that. You'll see a link in the show notes for that also. I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Fury. You can follow her on TikTok. And I want to give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker. Did the MCU movies with me. He started his own podcast at Gamer Looks at 40. So definitely go check him out also. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. And we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody.